Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Editor Nick Hausman back in the saddle here for a Wednesday edition of the Winkly and joined today as my co-host is my good friend Michael Weissman. Michael, welcome back to the Winkly. I appreciate that. You didn't give me the same level of introduction you gave this whole show, though. That was fantastic. Oh, it was nice. Yeah, you got a channel. You know, I I've been doing that a good morning for so many years now because I just love Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta get it going. But you know it's uh, afternoon though, technically. Not to not to I, I'd say it even if it was a nighttime show. It doesn't matter. First first podcast of the, of the day always gets the uh, the good morning from me. Hashtag uh, fake news, right? Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, welcome. Welcome, guys. Like I said, this is the middle of the week. We do the weekly here Tuesday through Thursday uh, on the Wrestling Inc. audio channel over on iTunes. Please go subscribe to us, Wrestling Inc. audio. You don't just get the live news conversation that Michael and I are going to have here today. You also get bonus audio over on the podcast version of the show. If you go over there today, you're going to get part two of my interview with Sean X-Pac Waltman. We dropped uh, part one yesterday on the Winkly. You're also going to get some audio from the Triple H Takeover Media Call that is going to be taking place uh, shortly after we wrap up the show here today. I'm going to jump over to that. So you're going to get to to hear from Triple H later on in the show as well. Um, Also, if you're in Chicago this Sunday for the Rumble, Come to Duffy's Tavern and Grill. Come party with me. It's a free party. 50 big screen HD TVs. We're going to watch the Rumble. We're going to have a great time. Uh, where are you watching the Rumble, Mike? Man, I'm, I'm watching it from my my couch, the comfort of my own living room. My wife and I do a little Rumble pool. We'll each draw a number. We bet five bucks, even though it's all our own money. And sure. um, I always win because I'm better at it. Um, I Have you played the Royal Rumble drinking game ever? Should I tell everyone the rules of the Rumble yeah. drinking game? I've not played it. So how does that work? So you and five of your buddies, it, six people is the ideal number of people to play the Rumble game with. You go buy like a 30-pack of Ice House, all okay. right? And then <laughs> on the bottom of each, a 30-pack of whatever. Natty dog, Light, something nat- cheap, right? Something cheap. It, it, something you can buy in pack of 30, right? And then on the bottom of each can, you write a number, one through 30, right? And then you and your buddies, before the Rumble, you draw six cans, right? And they've all got a number underneath them. And every time somebody comes out with that number, that's that beer. You got to crack that beer. All right. Now, when that person gets eliminated, you have to drink that beer right now. If somebody gets eliminated while you're drinking another beer, you got to pound it. Okay. Now at the end of the rumble, everybody should have drank a six pack, except for one person who's going to have the winning number. And really they lost because they didn't have to drink six beers, but that's the Royal rumble drinking game. And uh, I incur, you know, I'm not supposed to promote, uh, competitive drinking games. I think that's maybe illegal, <laughs> but it's a fun one to try out if that is your thing, if you're interested. If you're of age, we should say. Wait, if you're young, don't do it. What, so, so do you, did, number one, I'm out of this game because you got to have six buddies and I don't have six buddies. Let's Five buddies. Yeah. Five buddies. Oh, uh, no, I'm still out. Uh, number two is, so do you, how do you decide who gets what beers though? So you draw those numbers? I missed that oh, part. Beforehand. Yeah. You just oh, okay. draw 30 yeah. beers in a bucket. 
Yeah. And then everybody draws their beers before the rumble starts. When seven comes out, if you've got seven, start to drink it. When seven gets eliminated, you got to pound your beer. So it's, you know, there's a lot of fun stuff there. Anybody who's interested in more rules for the drinking game, you DM me. I'm at Wink Rebel. But, uh, so if it's just me and my wife, though, let me clarify. That would be essentially 30 beers a piece, right? We're good. 15 beers. 15 beers a piece. Well, two rumbles, though. Oh, that's right. Oh, damn. Yep. That's right. I got to get used to two rumbles. Oh. 30 beers a piece. I can oh, do it. Play it twice. That's a 12-er. That's a good rumble party for you and your friends there. <laughs> you know my wife my dog my cats uh, um well we have some royal rumble news here today i finished watching smackdown this morning i was out and about last night it was my anniversary with my girlfriend um so i got to i got to start my day watching smackdown uh we'll start with what happened at the end here news wise uh randy orton has returned he has entered the royal rumble match by laying out a uh, samoa joe uh, randy orton doesn't scream royal rumble winner to me this year though obviously always a, a contender you know this was the go home for smackdown did, did your moods change who do you see winning these rumbles right now mike mood didn't change i think honestly overall smackdown didn't emphasize the rumble enough for me to believe that a blue brand guy is going to come home with that win i think the randy orton thing is interesting because he popped in at the end and everybody made this big deal oh randy orton's back randy orton's back but i always feel like randy orton constantly is returning he's one of those guys that like has a storyline and then leaves and then he returns again so uh you know i guess it's a bigger deal because it's the, the name cachet randy orton he's been around so long i don't think this makes him a contender in fact i wish they would have saved that surprise maybe for for sunday but you needed some hype on the go home show i'm still going my prediction seth rollins but that was a you know fun to see him back i guess yeah I, i'm a big randy orton fan you know he's in the prime of his career right now it would be interesting or not prime i mean he's like well i guess i yeah. guess the prime because he's everything he's doing right now is very crisp i should sure. say it's sure. got a veteran it's got a veteran's edge to it um i wouldn't mind uh, an orton win i just don't know who he goes up against to me i know you say seth rollins I'm still of the of the mind that Braun Strowman after Monday night, how do you not consider that guy the favorite? I mean, he, you know, stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with Brock Lesnar there. I I mean, he's back in action. He's wrestling in the ring. I, I, I to me, he seems far more compelling as a as a possible a possible winner of the of somebody who has a storyline like uh Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins. There's a number of guys I think make sense in that slot. Randy Orton feels kind of like a weird one to put in here, but they've done surprise wins before. So, and, and you're right, he's a veteran, he's in his prime right now. He could still deliver at WrestleMania if he needs to. I mean, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, does that do it? I mean, I don't know. It's kind of a compelling matchup there. Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan doesn't really do anything for me. I mean, I it's not here, it's like not news, but yeah, that Daniel Bryan. AJ Styles with Vince McMahon confrontation. It's getting weird to me. It's, <laughs> it's getting too weird to me that Daniel Bryan is like the bad guy here. Sure. When he's Vince like, McMahon was like a good guy for a hot minute in that segment, even though everything Daniel Bryan said was true. So uh yeah, that was it's odd. so it's so weird, mm -hmm. you know. I, I don't I don't understand. He was right about the baby boomers, hundred <laughs> you know? percent. Like, I'm not touching that one with the 10-foot pole. I'm just saying, you know, it's uh, true. Everything he said was true. It's so yeah. weird to me, you know. And also, AJ, since when does AJ Styles love the McMahons? Like when is he buddy like uh, yeah. AJ Styles did an interview earlier this week where he got upset that he can't use a homophobic slur on WWE television. That's a real thing. <laughs> it's a real issue he has right now. And um, God, I love AJ Styles. He's a great performer, but sometimes he, he just needs to, his personal beliefs kind of get in, get in the way a little bit of, of people's opinions of him, I feel like. That's the thing. Is like, I'm looking at this guy who's hot off saying, like, I wish I could make fun of people for being gay. Yep. And here's Daniel Bryan preaching some real hard truths 
in the ring and he's the bad guy here it was just we it's just weird it's just mm-hmm. weird to me you know mm-hmm. wrestling is a i mean it's a it's a conservative business I, you watch the shows and it's it's classic conservative not no judgment I, there I, I don't think the audience i don't think the audience pick i don't think they get it though you yeah. know like I, I don't think most people think hard enough to realize what's going on here right now it's just weird it's yeah. just weird yeah um well let's talk a little bit about here let's get back to the rumble a little bit there were a couple matches moved from the rumble pay-per-view to the pre-show uh we had rusev versus nakamura for the u.s title that's now going to be on the pre-show uh as well as the cruiserweight championship match tozawa kalisto atami and murphy you know i got to make room two rumble matches that's two hours in itself just for those bouts uh i do feel like rusev and nakamura have maybe broken a record for kickoff show matches at this point and the, <laughs> the cruiserweight title may as well just be a kickoff show title at this point you know yeah. um it always seems to be there do you see this as a knock when things get moved to the kickoff show i always always do um I, you know there's one way to look at it too which is it's technically in front of more eyes being on the kickoff show because it's completely free but on the other hand rarely is uh are, are the are the crowds already there rarely do these guys get the same spotlight they usually get a little bit of time but it's in between all this other promo for the bigger show happening kicking off at seven i i really hate it the cruiserweight title listen it is what it is at this point that's what you come to expect from it it is the overrun title essentially we just put it where we can use it but i really feel bad for rusev and nakamura these guys have put a lot into this feud both of these guys i think deserve bigger than what they're getting right now and i hate to see a great long-term feud like this get shuffled into a pre-show slot because it seems like we always put pomp over circumstance if that makes sense yeah, Rusev and Nakamura have had some really good bouts. I love, you know, going back to Crown Jewel, I thought yeah. these guys had the best uh, match on the show and it was on the kickoff show. Um, I, the Cruiserweight t- the cruiserweight thing is weird to me because, like, the Cruiserweights have been treated differently, I feel like, as of late with Ali getting the call up here, you know, having Rey Mysterio in the mix. I almost see Andrade kind of in that Cruiserweight uh, style as well. You know, these guys are moving up the card. I'm surprised that they haven't taken this division and, and done more with it on pay-per-view because the cruiserweight bouts are different. They can break up the pacing a little bit. And uh, of the two matches here, I guess that's the one I was a little bit more surprised they would move to the kickoff show. But again, it's all about time, right? Yeah, and, and, and the cruiserweights, yeah, you're right. They've been spotlighted more as individuals, but the cruiserweight division as a whole has always taken a backseat. 205 Live is not at the forefront of anybody's mind when it comes to WWE booking. It's just not. Um, well, here's an interesting thing I thought uh, happening during Royal Rumble weekend. Uh, so they're doing Royal Rumble access events now. Have you have you have you seen this, Mike? It doesn't surprise me. I, I remember this year they're doing the actual arena show for the first time, and they've done bigger shows for Rumble in the past years. So I guess I get it. Yeah, yeah no, I, I I like the access events. If you've ever gone WrestleMania weekend, they're a lot of fun, a lot of great exhibits. I like that they do uh, live matches, and they have a really interesting concept. I think here. Uh, they're doing the during the uh, Royal Rumble access um, that that I think people are going to enjoy. They're doing a 15 superstar tournament. The tournament will start with a battle royal. The seeding for the tournament will take place um, based off of the order of elimination from the battle royal with the winner of the battle royal getting a pass in the opening round of the tournament. I've never heard of anything like this. Why is this not a pay-per-view concept? This is amazing. I love this idea. I'm a big fan of them giving away great matchups like this at Access. If you've never been to Access, always go watch some of the wrestling they do. It's always on fire. Last year at WrestleMania, we had some great, great, great NXT matchups. Um, 
But I, again, I love the fact here that they can fight. They're not just fighting willy-nilly. They're trying to earn something. And to your point, why is this not part of the pay-per-view? Why are we not promoting our shows this way? It's a great addition to the fans who are there. Totally get it. But you could do more with this. I have an article coming up later in the week about AEW and what they're doing. But stakes matter to fans. Fans want to watch matches that mean something other than just two great competitors. So I, I wish they would spotlight this a little bit more than what they are, I guess. Yeah, uh, well, from NXT, uh, that, so the way this works is it's not just 16 random or 15 random superstars here. There's five from three different brands, NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live. Uh, from NXT, you're going to get Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, Dominic Dijevic, Keith Lee, and Shane Thorne. Now, uh, Otis Dozovic was supposed to be a part of this pool, but it has been pulled since he's gotten called up to the main roster. Uh, from NXT UK, you're going to get Mark Andrews, Tyler Bate, Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin, and Zach Gibson. And from 205 Live, Cedric Alexander, Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, TJP, and Humberto Carrillo, who just uh, debuted. Uh, a great pool. I was surprised to see Velveteen Dream uh, as part of this list here. Uh, have you? Velveteen Dream has like shut down his Twitter account. He's locked it out from everybody. <laughs> I did not realize that, but it's probably... I love Velveteen. Uh, his personality probably needs to take that break from Twitter. This almost does feel like a step back for him, though, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah, I mean, of the names here, I mean, well, Adam, I mean, it's Adam Cole. I mean, if you're doing what Adam Cole's doing, then, you know, whatever. Obviously, I would think Adam would be the, the favorite here. But Velveteen Dream, yeah, he he put up that message where he said, you know, I, I'm not going to allow my likeness uh, to be seen in NXT TV and all this. And then he and then he locked his Twitter account. Nobody can look <laughs> at his Twitter account right now. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a little bit. Of, uh, yeah, I don't want to say kayfabe here, but Velveteen was pushing so hard. It really did feel like he was about a slot away from being um, on the main roster. And I know that his kind of self-promotion, it seemed like rubbed some people the wrong way, if I'm remembering correctly. So uh, it surprises. Yeah, it's all got to be a work, right? Uh, yeah, a mix. It's a mix. That's why I say a little bit of kayfabe here. Probably a real thing that they are leveraging into storyline. I like that. Um, and, and I just think it's interesting that he's being used in this way now. You're right. Adam Cole's the favorite. But also, none of us truly believe, I think, at this point, Adam Cole's a heartbeat away from being main rostered like Velveteen Dream could be. No, and you know, I just I really like this concept a lot. I wanted to put it over. I hope they film this thing and that we can watch it sometime. Sure. A battle royal into a tournament with the winner getting the buy and then seeding based off of elimination, just a really cool kind of different thing. You know, I just applaud them for doing it. I don't know why they're putting it here on the access events. You know? It could be like, you know, I think it's great. There's so much going on though. It could be like the old um, King of the Mountain matches in TNA where you had to pin somebody to get your entrance and then you could win and then you could lose. Anyway, anyway. Um, do you ever watch, uh, what was the, uh, battle battle bowl where the WCW, they just have the wrestlers draw, draw their tag team partners. Oh, <laughs> <Yes. like that. laughs> yeah. the old WCW concepts battle bowl. I like battle bowl. That's what I'm doing. Dumb. Um, there's uh, my YouTube searches for the afternoon. Thank you. Yeah, no, there's, you know, oh, wow. How did those guys happen to just pick the tag team partners out of that? Uh, pwinsider.com. Uh, reporting there's talk of having uh, Sin Cara when he returns here working with Rey Mysterio. Not a huge surprise uh, to, to hear that report, but man, Rey Mysterio has just gone above and beyond. You know, his stuff with uh, uh, Andrade is, is great. Obviously, they didn't get to kind of finish up with what happened with Joe and, and Orton at the end of the show last night. So I would imagine we're going to see more from those two. But Rey Mysterio is just in a league of his own right now. I, I, I'm loving him working with the younger talent. I'm, I'm loving just what he's doing right now. I think he's in a great spot. 
It's amazing because just a few years ago, we were talking about Rey Mysterio could be close to retirement. He had slowed down quite a bit. He was kind of at that stage in his career where you're like, okay, it makes sense for him to maybe uh, lay back. And then he came back to WWE with this fire behind him. He's in better shape. His matches, to your point, are phenomenal. And I love the use of the legend here. Putting yeah. Rey Mysterio with guys like Andrade, great matchup, uh, to your point, fantastic feud. Putting him with Sinkar could be interesting. Sinkar has been one of those guys who's been around but never really, really, really been over. He got so much hype coming in different guy but got so much hype coming in as a character and it, it fell back so i hope they do something with this i love ray mysterio out there last night promoting the rumble and his spot in it and talking about how much he did back in 05 there's just so many things going on here ray mysterio Sinkara could be good if wwe books it the right way yeah um it, you know it's been a while since we've since seen uh seen Sinkara. um i'm glad to hear he's going to be doing something like this and not be thrown with lucha house party or whatever he's on. <laughs> lucha house party is that going to go down as like one of the dumbest gimmicks of all time? Lucha House but, listen, it's one of the most culturally culturally relevant things they're doing, though, because every week they bring out that stupid pinata that's straight out of Fortnite. So, you know, you got to commend that. Is that, what that. is that a reference to Fortnite? I don't think it's intentionally a reference to Fortnite, but there for a, a few weeks, they're bringing out a pinata that looked just like the pinatas from Fortnite. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I don't play. That's ah. funny. That's funny, though. Uh, PWInsider.com also reporting that Eric Rowan. Uh, was backstage at SmackDown last night. Uh, Luke Harper was not. We are expected to see the Bludgeon Brothers uh, return here shortly, it sounds like. Um, and Mike and Maria Canellis uh, were not backstage. Uh, this following, of course, the Hubaloo last week about whether or not they were uh, going to be, or whether or not they asked for their releases or not. So they weren't there. Um, Bludgeon Brothers, do they do anything for you when they come back? They haven't done anything for me in a while. I, you know, I liked them when they originally debuted. I like them um, being under the tutelage of Bray Wyatt. All that stuff made sense. When they broke them apart, I just not dug the gimmick. I think it's kind of cheesy. I think the way they did those videos was never really great. Um, I, I remember when Luke Harper was kind of having that singles run, and, and he was doing some great work, and I really liked Luke Harper in that spot. He had that great feud with Dean Ambrose, you know, the, the kind of the wife beater versus wife beater matches they had back then. I, I think Eric Rowan is one of those guys they want to get over so desperately but he has never screamed superstar to me i think he's a guy you need to rejigger his gimmick and put him into something new and see what you can do with that so i don't know i, I like these guys better separate i think luke harper could have a, a pretty good singles run on his own and, and this tag team just feels like so many of the tag teams they have now where we have big guys smashing and that's just not what i need in my tag team division this day and age so i'm I, these guys are both fine i really like luke harper kind of cool on eric rowan I wish they would do something different. Bludgeon Brothers, just not my cup of tea. Eric Rowan is a big, scary man, and I think that you're right. You know, he's never really stood out. And he, you know, he'd be better. I think he's great as, you know, the backup in a group. Everybody loved the Wyatt family. Why don't they yeah. put these guys back together with Bray Wyatt? That seems to be the the general uh, general speak at the moment about what would be best for these guys. And Mike and Maria Canellis, I really had a chance to chat with you about them. Um you know, uh, Maria downplaying the rumors that they'd asked for their release. Interesting. I mean, I guess that they they weren't backstage at SmackDown last night. Um, but the WWE hasn't been doing anything with these yeah. two. And I don't, I mean, uh, unless you're trying to prevent them from, from going somewhere else, I, I don't really know what's, I don't know what's going on with these guys. It's a weird situation with those two because um, they de debuted to so much kind of hype. There was a surprise debut and they treated it like a big deal. They didn't go to NXT. I mean, Maria obviously carries that WWE cachet she's had for a while. And then they didn't do anything with them. And I know, you know, you've seen Mike Kanellis on social media really talking about how he's been getting clean, kind of putting fans in their places for saying, you're not being used or doing anything. He says, I'm in a great spot. I'm getting paid. I'm getting, clean. you know, all that jazz. 
these wrestlers always do this though. When these rumors come out, somebody like Maria comes out and says, that's not true. But the way they word their rebuttals always leaves a little bit of gray area in between. If you read it and analyze it, there's always a little bit of, yeah, you're saying that report isn't quite right. Or you're just broadly kind of assailing the wrestling news media without specifically saying, I am staying with WWE. It's part of that is negotiations, right? If Mike and Maria are going to go somewhere else, they don't want it to, they want it to seem like they're in demand and that they want to stay where they are. So they have the upper hand here, but I think but they need to I go somewhere else. I really do. Uh, well, on that note, Cody was talking to a, a podcast, Breaking Kayfabe, uh, where he addressed uh, Kenny Omega's free agency and whether or not he could be joining uh, AEW. You know, he, he kind of bounced around it a little bit, but he closed by saying, you know, money's one thing, creative freedom is another. And I think that that is really, I mean, that's the line of the times, right? You know, money, there's money, people are throwing money around right now. You know, it, you're the wrestlers are in a very interesting position where, they can get a good deal in a couple places if they've got some, some drawing ability, but what, what is their happiness factor going to be? And I, I haven't seen enough from AEW yet to know what that culture is going to be like because they really don't have a – I mean, they have a they have a logo, but they're not really a promotion yet in my right. opinion. Right? right. Yeah. <laughs> they're not really like a promotion yet. They uh, have one event scheduled. Let's let's just put this in perspective. They have one event scheduled, no TV partner announced. They have a roster of wrestlers, no matches, no championships. They have a booking committee, which is basically the the four guys we've seen hanging around quite a bit. So right. uh yeah. So is this a sham promotion? <laughs> do you think they sell out double or nothing? I, I you know, I I'm not you know, I, there was all this energy around aew and it's like a week and a half later now and i feel like it's just dropped i mean what is your feel right now on aew it, it was I, I think it's going to be great but i think we've kind of burnt ourselves out on this concept the biggest thing they did that i think was a mistake it's kind of like what vince did with the xfl they almost announced it too soon I think and just a little bit i mean i know you want to capitalize on this hype coming into the new year and get guys like kenny omega under but Fans are going to be focused on something different come um, come the time, you know, double or nothing happens. And also, let's be real here. Double or nothing feels like a service to the cons. You know, we're going to do it in Jacksonville because that's where you guys are based out of with this. That's not a hotbed for wrestling. Now, you're in the Florida double scene. Will be in Vegas. Double or nothing will be in Vegas. I thought they were doing. Oh, that's right. That's right. They're doing that's two right. shows. The double or nothing will be in Vegas and they're going back to Jacksonville for the follow up for, show. For the follow up show. That's right. I mean, the, yeah, but still, Vegas is a still a hotter wrestling town. But I, I would have loved to have seen double or nothing happen in a true wrestling city like in New York somewhere, even go out to the West coast and do one out there. Uh, come on, man. I'm jealous, but come do one in the South. I, I think they're just, it's interesting choices of venues here. And it's not preaching to wrestling fans the same way that the first show did being in the heart of Chicago. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Chicago's obviously I'm, I'm here in Chicago. I can uh, attest to the fact we're a very hot market, but I think you're on the money when they, it's just, I think they just announced too soon. Yeah. You know, uh, I talked a little bit about this on Waltman's podcast last week, but you know, it was kind of a, uh, the rally was really fun, good energy, but what what really came out of it? You found out a lot of the guys you already knew were going to be involved with it were. There was going to be two more shows. But I think that if they'd have held off, waited till you get a TV deal in place, wait till you get a tour where you can announce like a, a bunch of sh a couple shows, not just two, it, it felt a little underwhelming to me. And I, I just haven't had the same kind of buzz around AAW this week. 
as as even last week. It was know? too much in one setting too, I think. I think if you'd have teased out some of these announcements and done it over a couple of weeks on being the elite on however you want to promote that out there. I like the idea of them showing up to indie shows like they did this past weekend and kind of crashing something. That can help, but you can only do that so long. And there's a lot of time left between Double or Nothing and now. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, uh, SCU will be coming to Warrior Wrestling here in Chicago on March 15th. So if uh, they do it again, you know, maybe we'll see a, an, another little all elite reunion here in Chicago here. Um, Carlito uh, was asked if he's going to be in the Rumble by a fan. And Carlito responded by saying they won't even put him in the alumni section on WWE.com. Uh, that I was just I, I don't know. I think that he may be working people here. Because he's in the Edge and Christian series. He does the sketch comedy with Edge and Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carly is one of those guys that he had a hot minute in WWE. I think fans seem to remember him a lot more fondly than he was used in WWE because he was out there for a little bit, had his gimmick, won that IC title, but they didn't do much with him down the stretch. So uh, for me, the question is, do fans care if he shows up? My wife's not going to care. Casual fans aren't going to remember him from a decade ago. But but. There are diehards that, you know, that, that music hits, the, the little little vibe going on, the Apple, all that stuff. Fans will dig into it. He, he came to um, the promotion here back at Thanksgiving here in Winston, and fans love the dude. I mean, there is a following for him. Who knows? It's, you know, it's again, it, people haven't seen him for a while. It's iconic with the Apple and everything. People like our Carlito. You know, I, don't, I can't remember, like, my favorite Carlito match struggle a bit to think of what that would be. uh, That's my next article, actually. My top five Carlito matches. So there you go. Coming out on Friday. (laughs) Uh, Lastly here, uh, Talk is Jericho. Mustafa Ali was recently a guest on Talk is Jericho. Uh, When talking about his call-up, he he talked about how surprised he was to actually uh, be told he was going to be working SmackDown. He thought it was going to be a one-off. Turns out he is now just a full-on SmackDown superstar. And ultimately, uh, he said he hadn't heard it directly, hadn't talked to him directly about it but he did think that daniel bryan was probably the person to credit for getting him called up uh to the main roster to to the smackdown roster and you know not i mean good for daniel bryan he's obviously got a great eye um but also good to, to hear that he's fighting for guys that deserve a shot especially now since he i again it's just like do you think Brian wants to be doing what he's doing or do you think he's doing this with the caveat of i will do this but there are other things that i want you mean as far as promoting talent or being the heel? What do you, what do you mean? Being the heel, being what, taking his values and portraying them in a negative way. I, I think he's enjoying it. I mean, listen, Brian's been a, fa- a fan favorite for so long. I think he's enjoying doing something do- different. I think he knows, I mean, he's overselling his spot a little bit, right? And, and, and the thing about Brian right now is, yes, you're right. All the stuff he's saying can be good stuff, but he's doing that heel thing where he takes good and makes it bad. Um, WWE uses it how they will, but I, I think Brian himself it's kind of like he's just being a dick to everybody. So I honestly believe Brian likes the spot he's in. Keep in mind too, he's back with the championship. He's being used against AJ Styles, but also he's earning a little bit of street cred in in regards to able to bring up guys like Ali and, and kind of, he has a little bit more power now, a little more stroke with this character being over like it is. Yeah. Uh, And Ali, let's, let's listen. They've given Ali a platform. You work with Brian, then you go to work with Samoa Joe. This is fantastic for Ali. The dude's living living in heaven right now. <laughs> I was ha- I was kind of happy to see him lose to Joe on yeah. uh, last night, and the reason for that is that you know if look, I I don't know if it'll happen or not, but he wouldn't be the worst Rumble winner of the of the field, and sure. a, a loss going into the Rumble uh, makes it a surprise if he does win. So I mean. I, I don't want to believe it, but everything they're doing it continues to make me think, well, they're not booking. They're still booking him away where he could win. Uh, yeah, you could go that way. 
I, you know, we, we talk about Joe. Joe is one of those guys too, that I think that um, he's been utilized really well with talents like Ali and such, but I feel like Joe's the guy that you could spot him in there as a surprise rumble winner. And he, he is one step away. He needs, I think, a world championship run in WWE to kind of cement what he's done so far. I mean, great talent. Not that he has anything to doubt, but he needs that. And you could really do something with Joe here in that spot. Yeah, I don't see Joe as the rumble. For me this year, it's either Braun uh, or Ali. I think those are my two picks. I, mm. I, I don't see Seth. You know, yesterday I was talking to Justin and, and like the idea of Seth being in like a different match. Like Seth Batista, I just kind of threw out there. Sure, that's fine. That's fine. But Braun, if Braun can go, if Braun can win, uh, and, and you can do Braun versus Brock rolling into to Mania. I just think people are more into that than Seth and, and Brock, which I think you're gonna have to fight a little bit harder to, to make that story compelling. Yeah, I don't know. You're doubling down on Ali though in some really, really powerful ways here, dude. You're <laughs> you're a believer. Well, you're I a mean, believer. I, well, I mean, I like Ali, right? I got the chance to like work with Ali and everything, but yeah. at the same time, I mean, look at him. He's beat Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan attacked him in the back. He's still, you know, he he's still got a, a, a convincing story to tell. Um, I just, I don't know. He, he would be a sleeper dark horse. It, it'd be Braun one, Ali two. Those are my picks. Wow. And maybe Seth Rollins for three. Seth Rollins yeah. one, Braun two. Um, I don't know. Becky's got to win the women's, I think. I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, she's going to face Asuka. So what? She loses to Asuka and then she enters the Rumble? You could have Becky... Yeah, well, you got to Becky win. Charlotte, I mean, you got to Becky lose, or you got to Becky win the title. Charlotte wins. I don't know. It's kind of wide open this year, and I kind of like that. I think Charlotte wins. I think that. I think that you know my my thought about Becky, you know, losing to to Oscar entering the Rumble, it could be a little too convoluted. I don't know if they'd be willing to to jump through so many hoops when they know they but, can get to, But you get to you get to Ronda Becky by Mania though, right? You get to Becky Ronda Charlotte. That's your Mania main event, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, well, if Becky's got a title, Ronda's got a title. Charlotte wins the Rumble. Charlotte wants both of them. Boom, there you go. You know, <laughs> um, we'll see. All right. Well, with that, let's uh, let's take a break. If you're listening on the uh, podcast audio version right now on iTunes, thank you so much. Uh, we got some exclusive audio for you here right now. I'm going to first throw to a clip um, from the Triple H Takeover Media Call that I uh, just got off of, and then we're going to play the second half of my interview with Sean Xpac Waltman. And uh, after that, I'll come back here with Mike to to wrap up the show. Hey, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us today. As always, I appreciate uh, you being here and your support of all of this. Um, It's, uh, as as Adam said, very uh, busy time and exciting time, having just come back from the UK and the launch of the UK PC over there, which hopefully everybody has seen and, you know, kind of looked at. But a very exciting um, next step forward in sort of the global localization process and, and everything that we're doing um, really allows us to take what's already a very robust talent pool over there and, um, you know, take them to another level. It was very clear when I was over there that they kind of, the talent that are there lit the fire for this and um, we're just going to help uh, pour gas on it and take it to another level. And uh, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the UK uh, Blackpool takeover event was super successful. I think from a, um, you know, creative or a, uh, an execution standpoint, uh, very happy with it. And I think also the interest level, just how it did viewership wise, the buzz around it, uh, trending in the UK, US, uh, globally, number one at one point and globally, number one, I think for the, almost the entire broadcast. And, and at one point, 
five out of the top ten global trends were about Blackpool. And when you consider that was up against uh, some pretty heavy playoff consideration with the NFL, um, pretty impressive. So, uh, But we are now here on the way into NXT TakeOver Phoenix. And, you know, once again, a very exciting card. You can look at this thing from top to bottom. I don't think there's there's really not a whole lot on it that you can't say could steal the show, whether it be the War Raiders versus the Undisputed Era, which, you know, time after time, the Undisputed Era guys uh, continue to show in, in a lot of ways why they're sort of a benchmark in the tag industry or, or you know, tag division across the industry. War Raiders <clears throat> coming off war games and, and uh, an, an unbelievable showing there, I think, are taking it to another level now. Matt Riddle who, uh, hard to say enough of good stuff about, you know, he's just uh, a charisma force. And Cassius Ono, I don't think this will be a 10-second one this time, so it should be uh, could be a show stealer. North American Championship, Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano. I don't know how anybody will top that. Um, Ricochet is just Ricochet, like he says. The one and only Johnny Gargano just in some ways, Mr. Takeover just is, can, can, continues to deliver time after time. For the women, Bianca Belair stepping into, you know, kind of the spotlight for her as somebody just walking in the door with us and, and kind of um, <clears throat> really new to this entire thing just continues to show what a phenomenal world-class athlete she is and has taken to this in an incredibly quick manner. Shayna Baszler continues to grow every single time I see her. And the, from the time she worked with us at the Mae Young Classic, the first one to now has just been remarkable growth and how much her character, everything else has developed. developed. And then uh, Alistair Black and the NXT champion, Tommaso Ciampa, just uh, ready to take that to another level. It's, you know, the storylines across the Black, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, that entire mix, um, it's just all delivering. So really excited about this card. And then coming out of Phoenix, we'll be on our way to to New York and WrestleMania week. And, and that's just, we'll take it to a whole nother level. Um, so with that, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to open it up to everybody here and, and uh, get into some questions. We'll move to our first question. And that'll be from Brian Fritz with Sporting News. Wow. The streak continues. Hey, I like it. I like where we're going here. Hey, Paul. Yeah, hey, so, um, the, the whole Velveteen, fresh start now. It is. So Velveteen Dream uh, recently put out a tweet that got a lot of people talking. Uh, he put out there talking about his worth and there won't be any appearances or performances from the Dream or my likeness. Uh, what was your reaction to it? And have you said anything to him regarding it? Or is there any kind of background to that tweet? I, I have not spoken to him about it. Um, he is... Uh, a remarkable young man that is wonderful, uh, wonderfully gifted on all levels and wonder, wonderfully gifted about creating buzz around himself as well. And uh, call me up Vince, you know, it's, it's all, it's all good. He, he's, uh, he, he creates some buzz and that's a good thing. And uh, having the ability to be that smart and that talented at the same time is a wonderful thing. Next we'll move to Jason Powell with ProWrestling.net. No secret, a new player in the game with AEW, a lot of money what? behind it. <laughs> exactly. Does does that change anything for you guys, even if it's from 
a contractual standpoint of, of feeling the need to pay more to get the top tier talent or just in any way for you guys? How are you approaching that? Yeah, I mean, it's clearly something that we'll keep an eye on um, and clearly something that they're out there um, doing their business, but we'll do what's right. What is right for our business? What's, what's right for WWE? What we feel is right for the fans, um, the WWE universe, our fan base, everybody in general. Um, and what's right for us. It's a, it's, they're all business decisions and, and it's, um, you know, we'll continue to monitor everything. And, and we've, you know, it's, we, we say it all the time, but it's the truth. It's not just uh, a competitor like that. It's not, ju- we compete against everything. And, and, you know, I, I know you've heard it said that in, in the business world today, when you're a, a content provider, you compete against everything, including sleep including the internet and everything else. Like everybody has a thousand pulls on their time on a daily basis. So you want to keep your eye on everything and try to be as relevant as possible um, at all times and on every front. So we're going to, we continue to monitor that. Like we monitor everything and we'll continue to do what's best for business for the WWE. Next move to Mike Johnson with PW Insider. I understand this might be a sensitive subject. So I'll just come out and ask. Lars Sullivan was heavily promoted. Obviously, he hasn't debuted yet. There's a lot of stories surrounding his status with the company and his well-being. What insight can you give us into Lars Sullivan as we head into the Rumble and the, the WrestleMania storylines? Yeah, there's a lot of speculation and stories about everybody um, at all times, and, and it's a funny thing. If there's a any kind of a glitch in a movement for a moment that leads to everything being speculated about. Uh, there's a lot of talk, but um, Lars is in a good place and he's uh, we're, we're nothing has really changed. You know, we're, we're moving forward and uh, you'll, you'll, you'll know when you see it, but it's uh, it, nothing has changed. Next move to Nick Kaufman with wrestling incorporated. Hi Paul. Thanks so much for taking the time today. Hey, sorry. It cut out for a sec. I didn't get the, the name. I'm sorry. Oh, well, it's Nick Hausman with Wrestling Inc. Nice to talk with you, Paul. Oh, hey, hey Nick. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. I just said it cut out when she was saying the name and neither one of us caught it. I wasn't sure. Hey, Nick, how are you? Good. I'm good. It's fine. Wow. What a what a headache here to start this off. Uh, well, uh, my question was, <laughs> you guys uh, obviously just called up uh, talent to the main roster. Is the same going to be done uh, after WrestleMania like it has in the past? Yeah, I mean... Uh... I don't have a crystal ball to see. I think there's there's uh, thoughts around where talent will move at all times and and how that works and um, so it's it really is a work in progress. It comes down to what's needed when and how, um, and we're constantly evaluating that. It's not a thing where we just say okay on this date we're doing this and so sometimes that happens. But I mean more likely than not, if we need it, it happens. If we don't, it won't. Um, it just comes down to what's what's best for the all levels of the product um, at that time. Okay. Uh, and my follow-up is uh, about uh, the move to Fox coming up later this year with WWE. Has there been any talks about moving NXT to a platform like S- FS1 or something else like that? I, I think at this point in time, we're concentrated right now on moving SmackDown to Fox and what that will mean and and everything else. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about a lot of things and um, – you know, we're constantly evaluating, much like everything else, and as we were talking about before, constantly evaluating stuff. But as as far as the Fox relationship goes, 
we're thrilled and um, excited to go there and are, are, you know, working on what that will look like in the process and everything else. So, you know, we're, we're kind of focused on that. Cool. All right. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you. About a year later, you're off into WCW, so you're gone. This was your one and only WWF Royal Rumble appearance until you would come back from WCW, um, which was Rumble '99, which was like a almost a year after you had even returned. You'd been you'd been back from WWF back to WWF from WCW for for about a year, and they're already kind of like teasing the DX breakup. Is everybody going to turn on each other? Uh, and the Rumble, um, first of all. How was it transitioning back to WWF after leaving WCW? Was it right in back to the groove, or were there any changes you had to make? Uh, well, I was. I, I had when I it, immediately when I came back. You know, it was still a few months before I could actually get in the ring. Okay. You know, because I was still technically, you know, coming off of the broken neck and uh, you know the cervical fusion surgery. Right. right. So. Um, but, you know, other than that, it was just, you know, it was just falling right back into the groove, you know, like, you know, it was, it was great to be back. How, how do you think, you know, things, just things run so smoothly there, you know, like, you know, there's a lot less stress because, and, and it was just, you know, plus, you know, I mean, things were going pretty good for me when I came back. Yeah. <clears throat> You're in demand. You're in demand now. I mean, how would you compare... DX to NWO at that time. I mean, you really were kind of like swinging in between factions at this point. Um, it was a different feel, you know. It's obviously, you know, it's understandable why, you know, they're compared so much because I mean they both came from the click, mm-hmm. but uh, it was just a different feel. We were, you know, the, you know, we just like to have fun and we were cut up, out, you know, making fun, having a good old time and. You know, NWO, we were like gangsters. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You, well, at this time, you were the European champion come Royal Rumble 99, um, and you were putting the title on the line here against Gangrel, and I noted that Teddy Long was the referee for this bout. <laughs> you, do you know why? Yeah. Do you know why? I, I think I might know why yeah. you're laughing, but Teddy screwed this match up, I thought, for you guys. I yes, but he likes to say that it wasn't his fault, even though his cadence was terrible. And I love Teddy, I love Teddy. But I like, the only reason I bring this up is because like I saw something that he said in an interview where he was blaming it all on me when he started counting before we even all the way rolled through the uh, cross body. And it was, it, it was trust me, it wasn't my fault. Well, I, I'm totally down to admit shit's my fault. There's a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, that wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you're yeah, because it was funny because like yeah, Teddy's the ref here. You're with Gangrel. You guys had like six or seven minutes or whatever to to put together the title match, and yeah, you guys, yeah. you know, you roll through and look like a like a fisherman or something like that. And he does the three count, and it's like a very obvious three count, and then stands up and is like no pin, and the whole crowd just starts chanting "You effed up." I mean, how 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 does that affect? The flow of the match. I mean, what's going through your head when, when that happened? Oh, it killed it. Yeah, killed dead, it. Dead. Dead. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's difficult to keep... It. I mean, mind you, we did, but, you know, obviously that puts a huge damper in things. How was uh, how was working with Gangrel, Gangrel regardless of, of the Teddy count? 
Game Girl's nice and snug and uh, in a good way. And um, and he and I broke in together. We were both trained at the same time. We came up, we spent a lot of time together early in our lives. And, and you know, uh, he's my go guy. It, it was like wrestling. It was like working on myself in all the ways. Uh, yeah, I, I really again. I liked you guys here. You guys just needed enough time. Like the Rumble '95 tag match, you guys got some time. Like it was like 15, 20 minutes yeah. for that tag match. You guys just didn't have enough here. And the Teddy thing was like really screwy. Um, after this, though, I thought it was funny because then like they cut to this DX promo where it's like Hunter and China and Road Dog. And why did they force you to run from the ring into this promo where you contribute nothing other than looking completely blown up and panting, bent over? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't even remember. I, I don't remember that. <laughs> Go. Hey, but wait, I guess I'm, I'm just going to guess that you want to look, you know, like a, you know, like a unit. I guess. <laughs> I guess it's just so funny. If you go back and watch the promo, it's like Hunter's very poised. China's looking like intimidating. Road Dog's having a good time, and then you just stumble in, sweating and like hunched over, like completely. Yeah, I probably just threw up. You know, so I laughed. Um, this was also the show where they had the brutal I Quit match between The Rock and Mankind, and they were like filming Beyond the Mat backstage. I'm pretty sure. He hit him with the chair a bunch of times. Yeah. While, his hand, while, while he was handcuffed, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to know if you remembered anything from being backstage after that. Because... Yeah, I do. Yeah, and I, I remember I remember talking to Rock about it, and I remember him being really disturbed right afterwards. Being really perturbed? Yeah, not digging that just happened, and not digging that he had just done that at all. Like regretful that he had done it? Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. Because, like in the documentary, I remember. Because, like, you know, like, I sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, like, like I thought the match was great, right? I didn't like that part, but like I put the match over to him, and he went. He was like, "Really?" And then he went into the, you know, like how disturbed he was by the, the all the chair shots. You why? Know? Why did he do it then? I don't know. I don't, I'm just saying that's. I don't know. Shit, I didn't ask him. Man, it's just like that was such a rough rewatch. I watched a little bit of it because I knew I'd, I'd bring it up here. And I mean, just because like I remember in the documentary, like The Rock comes over and only says like a few words to him, and like McFoley's like kind of pissed about it. So um, it's interesting to hear you say that The Rock had regret because that's never brought up and beyond the mat. Um. Yeah, I don't know. How were the how were those maybe, guys? Well, maybe 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 the, the exchange that I'm talking about with them that might have been after that yeah. scene happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you remember about oh, the that. Beyond the Mac guys? Were they cool? Were they like little skeevy? I don't I don't know what was it like knowing that. Hey, Glowski, well, nice guy. Yeah, nice guy. Very real nice guy. Yeah, everyone seemed to like him. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, well, you also wrestled in your first Royal Rumble match later in the night. Uh, it was noted on commentary um, you were the youngest person at that time to ever compete in a Rumble match, which blew my mind because you'd already had like three 
big runs at that point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were kind of in and out of this match. Not a lot of fanfare. I mean, do you do you have any recollections of this bout, or is it just like whatever? What you talking about, Royal Rumble match? The Rumble '99. Yeah, there wasn't like a whole much, whole bunch you did in this. You kind of were in there. I think you came in at twenty five and were uh, out shortly. Still baby face. Yeah, you were you were babyface, but they were teasing like the DX, like everybody was gonna be turning on each other or something. Yeah, no, that's not the one where Rocky threw me over the top, opened this huge bump, and landed on the floor. No, no, that's that's the, that's the year after. So we'll yeah, we'll jump to your last yeah. we'll jump to your last Rumble appearance here earlier in the show. You uh, at Rumble 2000, you helped the New Age Outlaws uh, retain over the acolytes uh the storyline of dx is still all there's still infighting is still rolling on a year later um but you were you were picked later in the night to be the 30th entrant in the rumble why you why were you the last man that came out in this match uh i don't know usually there's a good reason for those types of uh you know placements yeah like the first or third but Honestly, I, I wish I could remember. There, there might have been some significance to it, but may, maybe it was just because I worked earlier in the night. Oh, no, I did. Did I? That was the year before. Yeah, no, you didn't work earlier. Yeah, that's why I, I like, and I'm a fan of yours and everything, but I was like, what, what in the F? Why is Sean number 30 in this match? It just seemed a little out of place, you know? Yeah. And then it doesn't really, it didn't really play into the story of anything, right? Like, it was just, I'm number 30. Well, it did you, but that's not to say that you didn't have like your moments here in this bout because, like you said, you know, uh, I think it was you know, the outlaws got eliminated. Kane went to the outside. The ref is the refs are like dealing with Kane and the outlaws, and then Rock eliminated you. But since the refs weren't li- looking, you got back into the match. But but first, tell me about this bump to the outside here. It sounds like you got hurt again, um, getting tossed out. No. No? Oh, okay. no. Are you, do you, are you familiar with the bump I'm talking about? I watched it. I mean, like, I'm trying to think, because there was so much going on, because I remember watching the refs taking Kane and the outlaws. He threw me over the top rope. I didn't touch the top rope. I I, I just, I literally went over the top rope and took a back bump. Went, like, you know, like, basically, if I took a backdrop over the top rope, <laughs> you know, to the floor. And, and Rocky got mad at me. What? For for doing that, he's like, I was like, dude, I just trying to, you know, trying to do good for you, Rocky, and he's like, dude, don't do that. What the fuck, <laughs> you know? So because he was worried, sorry, you were gonna, shit. He, he was worried you were gonna, he was worried you were gonna hurt. He was me getting hurt on his account, right? Yeah. <laughs> Funny to hear that. Hey, you, like, yeah, go ahead. Because you know he wasn't about to do that kind of thing for anyone else. He was real smart about that type of stuff. Yeah, it's just interesting to hear him express that sympathy after, as we just talked about. He nearly just killed Mick Foley the year before with chair shots to the head. You know. Yeah. Mm. Oh no, but I, I, I um, I don't know. It doesn't seem that way to me. Like that's that's the Rocky I know. Yeah, I mean. Very much more empathetic than his character would, would let on. I guess is what's what's surprising oh, yeah. here. Um, yeah, but I had a great rapport. I had a great rapport with him because, like, you know, my like one of my first matches back, like, was a TV match with him for the IC title. The one where the girl showed her boobs on TV. Yeah, yeah. Remember? Infamous. Yeah, Infamous. and I mean, we had great chemistry. He always like I always like, 
know, uh, put the matches together. I, I mean, he was great about that. He he always showed me a ton of respect and and um, and I remember in an interview when he talked about all the guys he liked to work with. Like uh, he named, you know, I was named in that, you know, in a small in a small list of guys. Well, so but, I was grateful for that. But you you did you worked your ass off to make everybody look good. I mean, you go back and watch the stuff. I mean, you're throwing yourself everywhere. You're selling really hard for these guys. I mean, to your point here about taking that big bump to the outside when you're getting eliminated, you know, you're going above and beyond here to make this more compelling, I would think, is the reason you did that, right? Yeah. 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 And people returned the favor, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Whether it was Rocky, whether it was Undertaker, uh, anybody, they always made me look good, too. Always. I thought it was really interesting, the fact that they did the spot where you get eliminated, the refs don't see you, you get back into the match, and you eliminate Kane here. You actually get down to, like, the final three competitors before Big Show eliminates you. What was the psychology, though, by doing the false elimination spot? I was just surprised that they did it, because you don't really see that spot ever. Uh... I don't know. I wish I, I wish I remembered. Because you didn't really get, like, you didn't get back in and go on to win. It's like you got back in and, like, three minutes later you got eliminated. That's why I'm wondering, you know? Like, part of me wonders if I was even supposed to go out when I did. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm honestly trying to remember, and I'm like, I wonder when he did that if I was even supposed to go out. Maybe not. Because <laughs> it didn't make oh, shit. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. I was watching it and I was like, uh, what? Maybe, maybe if he'd have gone on. I, I did think it was interesting, though, just to kind of, and I'm going to, I got a couple of things I want to ask you about before we wrap it up, but I did think it was interesting that your last Rumble appearance, um, you get Gorilla Press slammed to the outside by the big show. That's how he eliminates you. Um, if, yeah. if you go back to Rumble 95, uh, Bam Bam does the exact same spot that Gorilla Press slammed to the outside, which was your first Rumble match. So just very interesting uh, to me. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And also, uh, if you go to, I was in WCW, and we did the World War Three uh, three ring battle royals. Uh, Big Show did the same exact thing to me. He just threw me on the Scott and Kev and I forget who who else before he was eliminated by Lex. Man. I think it was Lex that anyways. Yeah. So it was like well, I did the same thing with Big Show. You know? Yeah. That looks very painful. Awesome. It looks very, very painful, Sean. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> uh well, I did enjoy watching all those matches back. I gotta ask you, of course, you know, this Sunday is the Rumble. Uh Finn Balor is going to be taking on Brock Lesnar here. Uh, we talked a bit about on your show uh, last week, but I mean, do you still are are you are you feeling the same that Finn is just going to be a lamb to slaughter here for Brock, or do you think there's a chance we get swerved and maybe we see Finn Balor defeat Brock Lesnar? Uh, well, you know, there's always that chance. Uh, like anyone that said otherwise, I, I just I disagree with them. But you know, obviously. Um, Brock will probably leave with it. That doesn't mean it's going to just be, you know, lamb led the slaughter. I mean, look at the the, the Daniel Bryan match. Um, and I just I think it's going to be a really good match. And 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 there's still there always is a chance. <clears throat> we don't know what the hell they have planned. Yeah. Uh, well, we do know one thing they have planned. Uh, we talked about how you were number thirty in Rumble two thousand. 
Uh, this year, we know our truth is going to be number 30 in the Rumble. Uh, what do you do? Like, you, you're creatively kind of stuck in a corner here where I would think you have to honor it. I mean, maybe you want to get out a bit. But what do you do with our truth in the 30th spot? Um, well, I know what, how, like, I used to be, like, he would come in and, and you know, you know when, when, when they hear the buzzer, it's, you know, we know somebody's coming out, so everyone's waiting. And when he comes in, you feed him for a little bit, make him look good, and then you shut him down. Yeah. Man. I mean, that's a basic, you know, so I, I can't imagine it being any different. I just. Although, you know what, Nick? Yeah. Like, a lot of, a lot of, you know, times in, in, in recent rumbles, when guys come out and I'm expecting and I'm all excited, they come in and nobody feeds them. Nobody feeds them. Like, they don't get any, any of their shit in. And it's like, why even bring them in? And for those that aren't don't really know what Sean's talking about, feeding them is where you would just have one guy after another running at them, getting laid out by yeah. a, a punch or a, a big kick or something, just so that they look like they just yeah. took out everybody in the match, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just saying, not everyone knows those things. Just bringing it up. Um, I just think it's yeah, the reason I ask is I'm a big Ron Killings fan. I love our truth. I would love to see this guy like get to shake away from the comedy aspect and tell that one more Clint Eastwood styled, you know, grizzled old vet wants to to give it a real go. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I love Ronnie. I'm a huge fan of Ronnie, so, and he's a dear friend of mine. I mean, since. Since before TNA, since he was in WWE the first first time, and we, you know, we spent a lot of time in Mexico together as well. So I mean, we have a pretty tight bond with Ronnie, so, and I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah, I, I am too. Um, and, and and you know what he's doing right now with the dancing and everything? It's you know low impact. It's giving years to his career, right? But yeah. I, I just yep. a part of me. It's just like, I want to see Ron Killings be taken seriously for like, you know, maybe even if it's just a six month kind of Goldberg style run where he, where he gets an edge to him, you know? Yeah. And yeah, that would be nice or whatever. But, you know, don't feel bad for Ronnie. He's doing just fine. But... <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> I have to spend way too much time thinking about wrestling. Um, what do you, who do you think wins the, the men's and women's rumbles? Who are your two picks? Oof. I haven't even thought of it. I haven't even thought about it. I just, I, I, I you know, um, um, yeah, I don't know, Nick. Tough. I do think it's, I do think it's funny how people are all like pissing and moaning about, uh, uh, women's rumble announcements on Twitter. Yeah. I thought that was, I don't know. Mm. I don't understand what people are so upset about, but anyways. Yeah, I mean, not yeah, every- I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 like, who do you think? You know, well, with with the women's rumble, I would think, you know, Charlotte would be a great winner, right? Oh, yes. Um, she'd yeah. be, she'd be good. But then at the same time, I could see something where Becky is he she loses to Oscar, but like in a screwy way. You know, I don't know if it's like Oscar cheats or like. Charlotte interferes, but Becky then has to enter the Rumble after already having fought Asuka, and, you know, she wins, which I think would be cool. I don't know if they'd go there, though. Yeah. I don't think so. No? No. I don't think it will get... I think they'll keep it a little simpler than that. Yeah. Um, Maybe Charlotte, yeah. 
because yeah, because Charlotte could win, and then you you know if Becky beats Asuka, she's got a title. Ronda's got a title. Maybe Charlotte wants to battle both of them, right? Something yeah, like that. That's kind of that seems like it might be where they're going. Huh? Yeah, those three women. That's just a mania made of that three uh, full threat. Yeah, it could be that. I mean, but then you had Sasha was teasing the four horsewomen thing on Monday Night Raw too. So you know maybe they go that direction with Charlotte and Ronda. I don't know. That ain't gonna be a main event, though. No. That's not WrestleMania main event. Hmm. Um, Charlotte versus versus uh, Becky. I could see that as a WrestleMania main event, or even or even Charlotte versus you know Ronda, Becky versus Ronda. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I uh, I uh, I'll, I'll wrap it up here because you asked what I thought. You know, I think Charlotte would be good for the women's, for the men's Rumble. There is a name uh, that. I would like to see happen. I mean, I could see it maybe happening, but this person reminds me a, a little bit of you, and that's Mustafa Ali. You know, he's pinned Daniel Bryan. He's been getting a nice run here the past month or so on SmackDown. They've definitely tried to elevate him. A surprise win here for a guy like that, I don't know. It, it, I think it would be different, unexpected, and it could work. I don't know. Uh, but he doesn't... They don't even need to give him the win for him to come out of this looking much better. I know. You know, for, for, for it to be a win for him. He doesn't need to win the Rumble for it to be a win for him. All he has to do is come in there and kick some ass, you know, and uh, and uh, make a good showing. Yeah, but that's... You know, in, in a way, like, in, in his own way, like, you know, when other guys have come in and, and cleaned house like Diesel or... You know, things like that. Obviously, it would be a different way of doing it. But, you know, coming in and, and just really, you know, eliminating a shitload of guys. Yeah. Do you see the comparison, yeah. though, between you and Ali? Do you see, like, a similarity? Oh, for sure. Oh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I could. I think he'll go, he could go way farther than I do. Yeah? Like, you know, he's got a better head on his shoulders and, you know, he's a better athlete. So. You think so? You think he's a better athlete than oh, you? Hell yes. Oh, huh? well, hell yeah. <laughs> I like Ali. I hope he does. I, I think you're right. I, I don't know. I'm not that I'm not a great athlete. I just think that, you know, it might be a better one. It's okay. There could be better athletes. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Sean, for the time. How You know, everybody always asks, like, are, can you wrestle? Like, do you have, do you see yourself wrestling? Like, what's what's your wrestling future look like? Uh, yes, I can wrestle. And I'm actually, um, you know, since Things are starting to get interesting. I'm starting back in shape again. Yeah. So is is in twenty yeah. in 2019, it, like seeing a, a Sean Waltman run on some kind of reasonable platform, is that po- a possibility? Uh, absolutely. Hmm. I like that. That makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, all right, Sean. We'll wrap it up there. I took you 15 minutes longer than I said I would. But I, wa- I took the time, Sean, to watch every one of your Rumble matches this morning. I want you to know that. That means a lot to me, Nick. That means a lot to me. Maybe we'll do this. We have a lot going on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and our time is very valuable. I agree. Thank you for. I agree, man. You're welcome. And thank you for having me on your show. That's why I did it. I had to return the favor. I wasn't going to bring you on and just be like, let's talk about all the stuff we talked about on your podcast again. Right? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. Something different. All right, buddy. No, this is better. It's it's it's, It's refreshing to go and do things like this instead of just going, you know. Hey, what about this news story? What about that? Mm-hmm. You know, what's your take on this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I'm some fascinating personalities, you and I. Um, yeah. any, anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap it up, Sean? Um, 
I probably should be, like whenever I do appearances, like usually people promote shit when they go on other people's shows, but uh, just my show, Xbox One Two Three Sixty, you know, on my YouTube channel, uh, which is you know youtube.com slash Xbox. Mm-hmm. Somehow I just got the Xbox name for YouTube. I don't know how, but mm-hmm. um, anyways, you know that's um, the business is picking up over there on my on my YouTube channel, or you could you know you can listen to it. So. Mm. All right, man. Not sure I'm going to have on this week. Mm. Well, you know, I'm sure we said, you know, who who do you want to get? Who have you not interviewed yet that you want to mm. talk to? Well, honestly, what I was thinking of was, and I talked to Josh Barr and Matt when last time I saw him, which was at, I think WWE was in town. Um, uh, I was thinking about having Josh Barr and Matt on to talk about the blood sport thing. Dude. You know, uh, yeah. That show's going to be sick, man. They just announced Dan the Beast Severin for that show. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up here. Thank you, Sean. I look forward to talking to you again another time. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very much uh, for uh, thank you very much to Triple H and Sean Waltman for the time. A little bit of a DX reunion here on the Winkley this week. Uh, always enjoy talking to Sean. Uh, tomorrow on the show, the last Winkley of the week just flies right by. Uh, I'm going to have an interview with Scarlett Boudot from Impact Wrestling, who's been breaking records uh, over on YouTube with uh, all the clicks and views for her scandalous uh, videos over on Impact Wrestling. And I'm also going to have a clip tomorrow from our interview uh, that Scott Fishman did for the site with Ken Shamrock. Uh, so big show tomorrow, Ken Shamrock, Scarlett Perdoe. Uh, tune in for that. This Sunday, or this Saturday, right after TakeOver, come back here on the YouTube channel, go over to iTunes, subscribe there, because we are going to have a post-TakeOver show with Raj, Matt, and Glenn. They're also going to be doing uh, the post-Rumble show and the post-Raw show and the post-Smackdown show. So uh, a long run of post shows for them. So be sure to subscribe, check those shows out. Uh, again, this Sunday, I'll be at Duffy's Tavern and Grill in Chicago. Also, uh, I don't know that it's confirmed, but we are working on another Wrestling Inc. party that's going to go down in Houston proper uh, outside the Elimination Chamber at a brewery. And I don't want to say too much because I don't think it's confirmed yet, um, but it is a very cool opportunity that was pitched to me yesterday. So to Houston fans, tune back in here tomorrow. Uh, I can promise you uh, an update on that. Uh, and lastly... Today's the day, guys. We are starting our fun.com promotion over on the Wrestling Inc. Twitter account. Here's what you got to do. We're going to give away a $100 gift card to fun.com. It's going to be a $100 promo code. So you get 100 bucks to spend at fun.com. To enter to win, you got to go over on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. You're going to retweet the post that I put up uh, about this contest. And then you're going to tell us who you think is going to win the Royal Rumble match. Tomorrow on the show... I'll pick our first winner, and then we'll start our second contest. But that's how the rules are going to work. Go over to Twitter right now. You can compete to win $100 on fun.com, the funnest, most fun website on the face of the planet Earth. It's funner than all the others, right? Way funner than all the others. Funner. All right. Funner. Um, Michael, uh, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap it up? Well, I'm a I'm a sleazeball, so go follow me on Twitter. I'm at the Real Wiseman. I always got to get that cheap, shameless uh, pop in there. But I, I would like to say, right now, working on 
an interesting uh, rumble by the numbers kind of piece about what what records could be up this year. Uh, what do we think could happen with some of these kind of historic things? Who would be likely to do something? I love last night on SmackDown with you know uh, New Day talking about uh, all the records and, and the, the the way that he always finds Kofi always finds ways to balance himself without touching the floor. I love little things like that about the Rumble, the ongoing threads year over year. So we're going to dive into some of the numbers um, this week. It should be up by the end of the week. Uh, what records are we going to see broken this year at the Rumble? Yeah. Braun, you know, you know, what is the record for most eliminations? 14? Right? Yeah, I, th I think we're too close to that one. I think Braun would be the guy. I think, you know, it was Kane, now Braun. We're not going to see that one. But no, didn't, didn't somebody beat Kane's record or did Kane beat his own record? Who was the record for most eliminations? I, I thought Braun beat Kane's record. Did he? Yes. I'm about 90% certain. I'm gonna look it up. What did they not do? They they didn't do it last night or Monday night. I didn't see it. The, the rumbles by the numbers thing. Roman Reigns holds the record. Oh, 12, that's right. Twelve eliminations, and he set that in 2014. That's right. Well, could be up this year. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Braun Strowman. Yeah, twelve. Wow. Uh, all right. Uh, and I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Justin Labar to wrap up the week, do our final predictions for the Royal Rumble. Keep your eyes peeled to WrestlingInc.com for more great content, like Michael just described right there. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.